This week, WordPress sites backdoored with malicious code. Google's forced sign-in to Chrome raises red flags. Newegg is victimized by the mage cart malware. A woman hijacks CCTV cameras for Trump's inauguration, gets in trouble. Uh, Bitcoin's DDoS attacks, cyber criminals target Cody for malware. And a security researcher is fined for hijacking hotel Wi-Fi. Jason Wood joins us for expert commentary on Google Chrome's dark pattern of poor privacy changes. All that and more on this episode of Hack Naked News. This is Security Weekly. For security professionals, by security professionals. Broadcasting live from G-Unit Studios in Rhode Island, it's the show that brings you the security news each week. And despite popular belief, we do wear pants. It's Hack Naked News. The breach was huge news at the time. Linux monitoring tool. List of affected devices, you can check out the link in the show notes. Ars Technica is reporting that hackers have cracked the Nintendo Switch this week. Tracking people's locations and stuff like that. You'll want to be rolling out updates if you're using Lenovo hardware. Do you have a website, an external presence, employees, an office? Any of these things can be compromised and attacked. How are you defending your assets? Have you penetration tested your public assets? Start 2018 by taking a proactive approach to securing your vulnerable areas. Black Hills Information Security has been helping companies find their weaknesses since 2008. Email consulting at blackhillsinfosec.com and see how they can help you sleep better at night. Welcome to Hack Naked News. This is episode 190 for September 25th, 2018. I'm, of course, your host, Paul Asadorian, broadcasting live from G-Unit Studios in Rhode Island. Before we get to an overview of the security news this week, make sure you join us for a webcast with Logarithm, where I will be presenting tips and tricks for defending the enterprise using open source tools. This will be held on Thursday, September 27th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Make sure you register now at securityweekly.com forward slash logarithm. And now, the interesting news for this week. There's actually some great articles. Thousands of WordPress sites backdoored with malicious code. And guess how they're getting in? Well, if you guessed plugins, you'd be correct. Thousands of WordPress sites have been hijacked and compromised with malicious code this month, according to security members at Security and Malware Bytes. All compromises seem to follow a similar pattern to load malicious code from a known threat actor, although the entry vector for all of these incidents appears to be different. Researchers believe intruders gaining access to these sites by not by exploiting flaws in the WordPress CMS itself, but of course, vulnerabilities in outdated themes and plugins, which continues along on that, well, theme. <clears throat> Google's forced sign-in to Chrome raises privacy red flags. The overlords are watching you. Matthew Green, a cryptographer and professor at John Hopkins University, noticed his Gmail profile pick strangely and suddenly appearing in his browser window, generally a sign that you have logged into Google Chrome using your Gmail or G Suite uh, credentials. However, he hadn't actually affirmatively signed in, which caused him to throw up a red flag. This led him to parse through Google's last Chrome update, Chrome 69, where he discovered a significant change. That is going forward every time you log into Google properly, uh, a Google property, I should say, for example, Gmail, Chrome will automatically sign into the browser for your Google account for you. Now, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. I do maintain multiple profiles in my Google browsers, 
And I do that consciously so that all of my plugins and bookmarks follow me around wherever I go. But I've chosen to make that decision. If you haven't and it's automatically logging you in, well, our expert commentary today with Jason Wood will talk more about that situation. Newegg's uh, is latest retailer to be a victim of the Mage Cert malware. Online retailers have been uh, have increasingly come under attack in 2018 from a hacking group known as Magecart. Did I say Mage Cert before? It's Magecart. The latest victim is allegedly the online computer retailer Newegg, which did admit on September 19th that it was breached. Magecart has been implicated in multiple high-profile attacks in recent months, including ones on British Airways on September 7th and Ticketmaster on June 27th. Now, look, I'm a longtime Newegg customer. All I ask for when a breach occurs is a description of what happened with enough detail that you're admitting to making a mistake or maybe multiple mistakes. Then a corrective action plan that addresses this specific breach. And finally, a list of things that you're going to change moving forward as a result. Granted, giving out too much information could provide attackers with more intelligence to conduct further breaches or execute further breaches. Not saying uh, anything will not, uh, not saying that, uh, you know, you won't be able to win back the trust of your customers uh, if you're going to say nothing. That's not going to help uh, in terms of regaining consumer confidence. Um, somewhere in between is really what I'm after. A woman hijacked CCTV cameras days before the Trump inauguration. Just a few days before the January 2017 inauguration of President Trump, the Metropolitan Police Department in Washington, D.C. noticed that several surveillance cameras weren't working. The trail of who pulled off this attack led to Romania and eventually to Evelyn Chismaru, a 28-year-old woman who on Thursday pleaded guilty to federal charges stemming from the attack. Now, we don't know if the attackers were targeting these cameras specifically um, the ransom in this case was not paid. All the systems were restored without needing a ransom, making it a, a pretty lame ransomware attack. However, it sounds like the attackers may have just been unlucky and their malware, malware spread to systems that triggered a very intensive investigation led by the United States Secret Service, which also included extradition of the, one of the attackers, at least, uh, from the UK. Bitcoin Core software patches uh, a critical DDoS attack vulnerability. There have been a chain of cryptocurrency related attacks uh, and not by mining. I mean flaws in the implementations, including cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin. Recently, the Bitcoin core development team has released an important update to patch a major DDoS vulnerability in its underlying software that could have been fatal to the Bitcoin network, which is usually known as the most hack proof and secure blockchain. The DDoS vulnerability, identified as CVE 2018-17144, has, uh, has been found in the Bitcoin Core Wallet software, which could potentially be exploited by anyone capable of mining Bitcoin uh, to crash Bitcoin Core nodes running software version 0.14.0 to 0.16.2. Cybercriminals target the Cody Media Player for malware distribution. This has been my fear for some time as uh, so many people who have say they've hacked or unlocked or jailbroken their fire sticks, for example. Typically, a lot of users aren't doing this themselves. They're coming to people like me. I mean, my friend Bob and asking that they unlock or, or jailbreak or hack their Amazon fire sticks or other such devices. 
Now, many of these uh, users don't understand that Kodi is just an Android app and suffers from many of the same security weaknesses as described in the article, which quotes, Kodi is a free and open source uh, project and can be used to play videos, music, and podcasts and other digital media files from the local network and storage media on the internet streaming, uh, streaming from various sources. Users can extend the software's functionality by installing add-ons found in both the official Kodi repository and in various third-party repositories. By targeting the various add-ons and relying on Kodi's auto-update feature, it's possible to stealthily spread bad code throughout the ecosystem. Now, what's interesting is that researchers from ESET said that malware can spread through Kodi in three different ways. And these are just three of the attack vectors. Certainly, there are more. Um, so they go on to say they could add the URL of a malicious repository to the Kodi installation, which could auto down, which would download add-ons whenever they update their Kodi installations. Or they could install a ready-made Kodi build that includes the URL of a malicious repository. Thirdly, users could install a ready-made Kodi build that contains a malicious add-on, but no link to a repository for updates. It's really the Wild West when we're talking about Kodi in this open source project. Uh, I don't believe there's a huge amount of validation that goes into the Kodi software itself, how it's installed, which repositories you're pointing at, and which add-ons that you're installing. Uh, so just be mindful of that. And I'm sure we're going to see a lot more stories on that front as I've looked at all of this software and, and deemed it as to be a potential nightmare for security. Security researcher is fined for hacking hotel Wi-Fi and putting the passwords on the internet. Permission is key here, folks. Without it, well, essentially you're a criminal. Singapore authorities have fined a Chinese security researcher with uh, $3,600 in fines for hacking a local hotel's Wi-Fi system without authorization and then publishing a blog post about it, revealing passwords for the hotel's internal network. The incident took place at the end of August this year with Zhang Dutao, 23, of China, visited Singapore to attend the Hack in the Box conference that took place in the city. Zhang took it upon himself without asking for permission first to hack into the Wi-Fi of the Fragrance Hotel branch where he checked in for the conference's duration. Open source software supply chain vulnerabilities have doubled in 12 months according to a recent study. Use of vulnerable open source components has doubled over the last year according to the report despite their role in high-profile Equifax mega breach and other reports that we've covered on the show. Sonotype is the company that issued this report. Of course, they make software to secure open source uh, software in your environment. Uh, their fourth annual software supply chain report was published Tuesday with registration. It, uh, you can download the report. That means you have to register to download it. However, it revealed a 120% rise in the use of vulnerable open source components in the last 12 months. Now, what's interesting uh, about this story, and it, you know, it goes on, however, it's tough to say, in my opinion, if this is just selection bias, as Sonotype monitors open source software for vulnerabilities, or if we're using more open source software and therefore more of our vulnerabilities are stemming from it, uh, or, or if there are in fact more vulnerabilities and attacks happening just as a natural progression, or if open source projects that allow for add-ons, as we've talked about in two previous stories today, don't check their sources, or it could be all of the above. I don't think we have um, uh, a huge problem. I think do think we have a huge problem with this today, and it's going to be something we cover quite a bit in the coming months. With that, we're going to take a short break and come back with none other 
than Jason Wood from Paladin Security. Today's determined attackers easily bypass even the most advanced network defenses. Trying to ramp up staff to detect their back doors can cost thousands of dollars and take months, even years. With Active Countermeasures AI Hunter, we enable junior analysts to detect even the most advanced back doors in a matter of hours. Sign up for a demo and purchase our product today by visiting activecountermeasures.com forward slash HNN. Active Countermeasures, make every analyst a hunter. Welcome back, everyone. A quick announcement. DerbyCon is holding its first ever mental health and awareness workshop to help support their efforts. Please go to derbycon.com forward slash wellness security weekly. We'll be there as well as many of the security weekly hosts. So make sure you come say hello. We'll have a, a booth at that conference as well. Jason Wood's expert commentary today is on Google Chrome and its poor privacy changes. Jason, welcome to the program. Hey, Paul. Good as usual to be back here with you and uh, everybody who's listening. Yes, I, I think kind of interesting to talk about this this latest Google uh, Chrome thing. As I, I don't, I don't really like it. I mean, personally, I don't mind it. As I said earlier, Jason, because that's how I like Google Chrome uh, to work, and is actually how I keep tabs in my multiple uh, G Suite and Gmail accounts. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I also have some that I don't want to log into any of Google's uh, properties specifically. And now I have to be really careful that I'm not accidentally logged into to Gmail or G Suite when I don't want to be. Yeah, this was, I had kind of the same reaction. I So I purposely don't log into Chrome um, or didn't, as it were. Uh, but uh, well, you still don't on purpose, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, so it is. It, it was. But I'm not terribly panicked about it in my own case. But it was just kind of one of those things. You're like, huh? I didn't. I didn't want to do that. Um, so yeah, I'm actually going to talk about two different changes that are happening in Chrome. Uh, looks like version 69. Um, the main one, of course, is what Paul has, has talked about already, which is the changes to signing into to Google Chrome. Uh, a few days ago, Matthew Green, uh, professor at John Hopkins, Johns Hopkins uh, University, discovered this change when he noticed that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm looking at my icon of me up here in inside of Chrome. And his issue really was with the ability whether or not he had control over this. Um, you know, years back, Chrome introduced the idea of, hey, you can sign into Chrome and manage, yeah, like I said, bookmarks and your, your browsing history and things like that across all of your devices and whatnot. Won't this be wonderful? But you could pick which way you wanted to have this happen. And, you know, if you're on your mobile device signed in, you can pick, come back to your desktop and pick up where you left off. However, uh, now with the current changes or current versions of Chrome, uh, anytime you sign into a Google service, Chrome is going to sign in automatically to the account that you use to log into that service without prompting you about it. Um, now, Green expressed his frustrations online and Twitter, and as well as a blog post, which I got linked in the show notes. And he stated that he would no longer be using Chrome as a result of this. He, he liked Chrome quite a bit for uh, what it provided at the time, particularly with a, as an alternative to Internet Explorer. But uh, now he's he's decided to wash his hands of it with this this latest change, uh, and he's the one that termed the idea of a dark pattern in Google's changes. Uh, Adrian, yeah, Adrian uh, Porter Felt, an engineering manager on the Chrome team, 
responded to uh, Green's comments basically to give an explanation for this decision. The issue that Google is, is calling out is that if, uh, let's say, Jane logs into Chrome on a system and then Mary goes and uses that computer and logs into her Gmail account, potentially her, her browsing history will be put, including cookies, will be pushed over to uh, Jane's computer. Uh, without Mary knowing that that was happening, you know, to some other vice of Jane's, rather, without Mary knowing that was happening. Um, now, obviously, there's going to have to be some kind of shared computer where this is taking place. So I'm thinking of like, you know, a home machine that's shared amongst a family. Um, I imagine there are other instances of this that could be take place, like in, let's say, a library. Um, the problem is, you know, I, I really don't know how widespread this issue is. How much of an edge case are we talking about here? Uh, really, only Google has that kind of information. Uh, Green was definitely not impressed with this explanation. Um, he, in his blog post, he stated that these reasons just don't make any sense. Um, now, there's an interesting twist to this. If you are a desktop user and you sign into um, a Google property and you get signed into Chrome, of course, automatically, it doesn't automatically enable the sync functionality. Um, so, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have that data be replicated across devices. However, if you use Chrome on a mobile device and you sign into Chrome, that does enable the sync automatically. Um, so no prompting there. Um, they, Google did reply back that they've updated their privacy policy in response to this issue to you know, detail what's going on. Uh, so you know, this was kind of their justification of why this is okay. I went ahead and took a glance at the privacy policy and uh, actually copied and pasted it into Word and found that it was 40 some odd pages long uh, of, of beautiful legalese type of stuff and explanations. Somewhere in the middle is where they give the explanation of this functionality and actually where they state on mobile versions of Chrome, you can sign into or out of Chrome from the Chrome settings. Signing into Chrome will also turn on sync. So that's where they call out the, the specifics on mobile. Uh, some of the blog post references in the show notes say that uh, some users have reported having the sync turned on automatically, but their screenshots were of the mobile version of the browser. So I'm assuming that that's where that turned on. Um, again, the justification for this change seems like a little bit of an edge case to me. Uh, certainly the idea of that putting this into a lengthy privacy policy and burying this change in the, in the middle of it seems slightly ridiculous. Um, you know, as a way of saying, hey, everything's okay. Because nobody, I mean, how many people really read through something like this and spot that? Um, now, personally, like I said, I've always avoided signing into Chrome just as a matter of personal preference. Uh, but I just verified that I am signed in. And it is an interesting note. I haven't actually restarted Chrome yet. So I'm still in version 68. But apparently this functionality has slipped into it as it did some updates on the, the, uh, the version I had installed. Uh, so now I'm not terribly panicked about it, like I said, but I'm not I'm not terribly impressed either. Yeah, Jason, uh, so, I, I tend to think that I, I just want more control, right? I want to be able to control this functionality in and in general how it works when I log into particularly G Suite, right, is what, what we use here at Security Weekly because I have yep. obviously a password and a two factor. I want to be able to control when it when it asks me for those things, how long my sessions are. And I know some of that stuff you can control 
uh, in your profile. It's stories like this that make me want to go back and in, uh, review and enforce policy changes that make it less likely for an attack to be pulled off. Yeah, I mean, it just it just takes away that that ability of you to make the decision on it. Google has made this decision for us, and yeah. you know, decided that here's this issue out here that we feel is more important than what you may be concerned with, and there's no way to opt out of it. That, as far as I can see, you can't stop this from happening. So, yeah, and on a phone, uh, you know, one of the and it's not the panacea of all things security, right? But on a phone, I want to be able to tell it, look, like ask for my fingerprint just to make sure it's me. Like more often, if you're going to have features yeah. like this, right? Because that's a, I mean, and again, it's not the end all be all security, but you know, asking for your second factor or on your phone, your fingerprint can be can be tied to some of those things. LastPass allows you to to integrate some of those things, right? You can have a a password and a second factor and your fingerprint all kind of play into your authentication. Yep. Yeah. So it'd be nice if they gave they. I don't know. I I just like you. I don't like the idea of losing that ability to make a decision what's right for me uh you know we all have different things that we're concerned with in this case uh matthew green has decided he's he's going back to firefox now if all this wasn't enough there's even more um actually also in uh, chrome 69 there are going to be some changes to the deletion of your cookies which i thought was interesting uh, if you are signed into gmail or any other google property and you go and tell Google to, or Chrome to clear out all of your cookies, it clears out all of your cookies except Google's cookies no. um, and leaves them there. And actually what it looks like it's doing is it deletes them and refreshes them because of, I guess the, mm -hmm. the expiration times and the issued at times move forward. But the only way now to really delete all your cookies inside of Chrome is to make sure you're signed out of all Google services and then hit delete. Uh, my cookies. So again, we're making more changes and, and, and supposedly we're, you know, we're doing something over here, you know, saying that we're, we're actually clearing things out over here, but in reality, off to the side, we're, we're uh, not entirely doing it. And Google is, is, is clearing out everybody but them. So uh, just some things for you to be aware of is you're using Chrome and, and, and evaluating what you're willing to accept and, what you're you're not willing to put up with some awesome fun stuff jason thank you so much that will conclude this episode of hack naked news thank you everyone for listening and watching we'll see you next time